Oh, hey there, listeners and juicers. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that if you have fallen in love with the Draw Your Dice podcast and want to help put some new fruit on the table, but don't feel comfortable making a monthly commitment, well, you can support the show via the ACAST supporter feature. No gift too large, nor too small. Just click on the link in the show description and know that I am sending you the strongest hug when you do so. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. My name is Jeremy Gage, and welcome to the Draw Your Dice podcast. This is an educational show involving all things tabletop role-playing industry. Listen alongside me as we hear from creators, entrepreneurs, and supporters about their personal best practices, principles, and philosophies. I encourage anyone from the budding game designer to a seasoned publisher and everyone in between to sit down with us and enjoy today's episode. everyone thank you for coming back to the draw your dice podcast my name is jeremy gage as you heard in the intro but as always the show is never about me except for that one time but today (laughs) it is about a return another return guest another dyd alumni let's welcome back to the show aaron lim (sighs) hi hello it's nice to be back Stretching all the way from across the globe it's god damn it 2 a.m there (laughs) you madman but i'm happy to have you aaron chose the time i didn't make aaron interview at 2 (laughs) a.m no i'm i'm a i'm a night owl so this this works for me you you know in addition we have an we have an episode earlier in the series where aaron goes into how he got started in game design Mm -hmm. and you know exploring hegemony 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 Hegemony? Hegemony? Yeah. There we go. Got it. (laughs) Very cool episode. I highly recommend if you want to learn a little bit more about Aaron intimately, please go listen to that episode. But since I have one of those already, we're not going to do that here today. But as a warm up to the for the viewers, Aaron, you know, what have you been playing lately? What have you been enjoying or filling your life with games wise? Um I I, I've I've been playing a a long running campaign of, of Beam Saber. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's quite, I, I didn't realize how long we've been playing until like I had a look <laughs> the other day. We started playing in May of 2020. So it's been wow. two, more than two years. And yeah, Beep Saber, I think by the time this comes out would have been released already. Like the full mm-hmm. version 1.0. Mm-hmm. That's a forged in the dark game about like being mech pilots in, in, in a war. And me and my friends, we're, we're you know, we're, 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 we're mecha fans of like different 
types, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I'm more of a Gundam guy. One of my yeah. my, my friends who's playing is <laughs> they're, they're introducing a Macross character. Yes. Um, so, so they're 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 trying to like turn everything into a concert and bring music into everything. That's really fun. <laughs> and then there's someone who's like a bit more on like the battle tech, like more real robot kind of like, like side. So it's it's been really fun. I've been really enjoying just like having a long running campaign. And then we've we've also done like a bun a few different like one shots. Like like we played Echo one time and and like delved into like the the history of one of the the cities. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Echo is a, a, a GMless uh, story game by uh, Tunkai Po, where you 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 play as kids finding a like a like a black box recorder for a Mac uh, that has the a pilot's memories, and you're you're bringing it to their uh, their Mac, like reuniting them to like like you know lay them to rest, which is a really cool game. You should check out. Uh, and we played that like set in the past of our campaign, and so so. The wow. three characters that we play are kind of NPCs now. Like they've grown grown up. They're like in their sixties and they're running a salvage shop somewhere. So that was like cool to have that. And uh, I don't. This, this seems self serving <laughs> because like I'm I'm also trying to plug like Spectres of Broken since that's coming to Kickstarter soon. Yeah, we're gonna transition. Um, we're gonna transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we also did a a one shot of of Spectres like one of the early playtests. It was not mm-hmm. it wasn't an early playtest. Spectres has been in development for quite a while now. Feel but you. but I meant to say it's it's in an earlier version than probably even the one that you encountered, Jeremy. So, did, when you played, were, were there were there words? Did we use words? Yeah, yeah, yeah we okay. had words. So, so, so this was a version of the game that didn't have words yet. It sounds very mm. weird when I say it didn't have words. We'll we'll get to that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we 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 did that for a a one shot, and we we had the one of the characters from that game. Actually, several of the characters in that game become major NPCs in our campaign. Because um, mm-hmm. again, we said it in the past and, and kind of like explored like, hey, what, what certain, what was it like to be in this faction, right? Before the war started and like some of the, the, the characters that were in there and exploring that gave us like a, a really cool way to explore like the history of, of that faction and the people from that faction and like. Yeah, they they became key NPCs, and so like that was quite a a cool thing to be able to do, like weave into a campaign. I, I love doing that, like like taking breaks in in a long running campaign, and like just playing other games that also tie into the the, the campaign, and like kind of like fleshes it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's there's this. I know I've talked to people about this before on the show and outside of the show, but there's this really cool. What I want to say, I think people who are tapped into the indie RPG scene, who are outside mm-hmm. of like the main big players, even like Blades in the Dark stuff, something a little bit more microcosm than that. There's so many people. There's so many people who are using other lenses, as in other games, to mm-hmm. explore different bits of their narrative on a totality scale. So like you mentioned, use one game to sort of explore the past and like flesh out your present a little bit more, right? Which mm-hmm. is really fascinating. I hear a lot of people that use The Quiet Year to flesh out their worlds a little bit more. Beak, Feather, and Bone by, T- by D- Tyler Crumright. C- Crumrine. Did I just forget Tyler's last name? Tyler, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who did Beak, Feather, and Bone, which is a really cool, like, full city generator in a really cool way. But you can mm. you can scale that out to be, like, a whole country. You can scale it back and make it, like, 
I don't know, just a few a faction of people. I don't know, it's really it's really interesting that people are really open to splicing, not feeling tied to a single game and a single narrative. Like all of it is used to like broaden your mental model of your campaign, which I think is stellar. Absolutely stellar. Yeah. I, I think I, I would I would push on that a little bit, right? Sure. In that like I, I think people who play like so called like track games like Pathfinder and D are, are also do that in, in their own way. But it's, it's mm. just because of the way that like those franchise games tend to like subsume everything into themselves. Right. Cause mm. I, I consider like adventure modules to be kind of similar to like, like mini games. Right. Cause there's sure. often, there's often like new mechanics that get introduced in, in uh, and you'll have to forgive me if like, it's changed or like, like my experience has been, been mainly from like when I was playing a fourth edition. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I, I never really ran anything straight out of the box, except for like, I think the minds of Fandelver, like intro mm-hmm. red box thing, which was the first time we ever played D and D proper. So like we just ran that straight from, from the box. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like every time I've like taken bits of like other adventures, like oh, I, oh, I've always stolen like, little sub mechanics from them that and and there's the different mechanics that 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 you know change how certain things work or like add additional mm-hmm. powers and stuff or like change like the the, the skills challenges and or like uh, introduce new ways to like do the, that kind of thing so i think that is like that there is there is exploration of that it's just that <laughs> you know when, when you're talking about like you know you consider them as modules right or adventures yeah. rather than like games but Mm. often i feel like there's a lot of overlap between like the design of like story games or like 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 you know those one shot capable games and like adventure cuz cuz this this kind of ties into the, another thing that i've been playing i've been playing the playtest or like the preview adventures from reach of the roach god which mm-hmm. is a, a kickstarter by the the guys behind a thousand thousand islands and we've been playing a couple of adventures from that and like both both those adventures introduce like different ways to do like they're very similar and like they use the similar style of like encounter table and like NPC generation or or like 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 location generation or encounter generation right but there's always like cool twists in like in like the different ways that like troubles appear or like like interesting points of like conflict or you know points of interest that appear in in in, in the adventures right mm-hmm. um, and like. Those you could see them as like oh those are like kind of like weird little mini games on like like it only happens in this adventure right this this for example like we are tracking the location of certain statues in one of the in one of the adventures and it's like oh you would never do there's like a bespoke mechanic for like 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 what happens when those statues move around this place right and that that bespoke kind of like design like makes me really think of like oh yeah like that's that's a game, right? Like that's a specific type of game. It still uses like the the shape of like a traditional RPG, you know, with skills. It assumes you're rolling skills. It assumes there are spell books and spell scrolls and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. There's all the trappings of like 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 a, a franchise game in there, but or like a traditional kind of like fantasy RPG in there, but uh, it has its own unique way of like like introducing and like how, how the world moves, right? So I think there is a little bit of, of, of that in 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 that kind of like gaming as well. We might not recognize it as such. Um, mm-hmm. and potentially it is it is a point of friction. It is a point of like, oh man, I wish like people more people re- realize that they are 
designing a game here rather than a module or an adventure yeah. there is a there is a power in like like h- how things are named and and thought of right because like calling them modules and adventures gives the power to the franchise <laughs> mm-hmm. right like it 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 makes them part of the bigger thing rather than like hey i made a thing here that works with this other thing but like there's the, you know this is the kind of thing like where, where you're trying to to, to I guess encourage people to like think of like game design more broadly, right? Yeah, yeah. Not remaking a full game, but yeah, I appreciate the pushback and I agree with everything you said. I think that for me, I, I think that is the the bias is that when you full sail turn to a like a whole redesign system to execute on something, I feel like that's what I was initially talking about. But you're right; yes. there are like I, little yeah, homebrew tricks. <laughs> yeah, there are little homebrew tricks that people are using in their D and D five E games that help sort of recontextualize or reset the genre into a space that is not necessarily like there are tons of low tech, low magic, grim, dark settings and insanity mechanics and madness and curses and stuff that people use in their, in their settings to kind of change the game from heroic fantasy or epic mm-hmm. fantasy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's and, and totally like, a, go ahead. Oh, I, I just sometimes you just do that for a few sessions, right? And then you go back. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And you could definitely, what's so interesting is that like, not, now that we have teased it out a little bit, you could totally do that. The before magic times, right? Mm-hmm. You could do your grim dark setting, have it be a piece of the history of your world and then go right into like Faerun in the sword coast and be mm-hmm. like, we have these things because of this, like, our histories are now defined by what happened in that grim, dark setting. So even setting books are a really interesting way to sort of play out different points in your like world building as well. It's, it's really cool. You can like merge certain settings together. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I said it, it's just a slight push because I, I do agree that like when you play in a different game, like it is different, right? Like you're the, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, stopping beam beam saber to then play like a comp- a game that just doesn't use dice uh, entirely. Like it's it's refreshing and and mm-hmm. like brings up different parts of like yes. game playing, right? And and like like allows you to like see different parts of the 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 game that you're playing in in new ways. So mm-hmm. there's definitely like like a, a a useful distinction there, right? I'm not saying that like all, all like like adventures are exactly the same but like i think it is worth thinking of them in in like like worth thinking a little bit more about like how similar they are rather than 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 how different they are because there could be ways because i i know that people do like bringing in like cool funky mechanics into like adventure modules and stuff like that and like maybe you know like if if you can think of 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 that and like like break free like it's not that far from like like just hey we're not doing a different adventure or module it doesn't have to use like the the core system in whatever game we were originally playing like we can just break, mm-hmm. break and like use a completely different game and get a you know and get a different perspective on it right but yeah and additionally uh mechs you know, I'm loving <laughs> seeing more and more, you know, I, I, I think we share a kindred kindredness in that <laughs> we grew up on the, the mecha genre, my mm. dude, like I watched Macross, I watched Robotech, I watched 
all almost all the Gundams up to double O and some of the new stuff when it intrigues me animation wise. But yeah. like I'm excited for that. What is it? Witch of Mercury that's yeah, about yeah. to come out or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. First female protagonist. Let's go, dude. Yeah, uh, finally. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> 20 years. We made it <laughs> longer. Although I want, did Macris have a, anyways, but yeah, it, with your game, Spectres of Brock, which we'll talk about in a second. There's also mm-hmm. Steal the Throne by Nick Bates. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 Nick, Nick Bates, yeah. I think. Nick Stealing Bates. the Throne. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a really feeling- cool one. I, I managed to play that Ooh. a month ago now. Maybe nice. more actually. Like, yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, Echo apparently, which is a different lens entirely, and Beam Saber and oh yeah, I should mention Lancer. Beam Saber by Austin Ramsey, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, which you can fight on itch. So so many mecha games have come out like in the last or mecha inspired games have come out in the last four ish four or five years four mm. years I think four years. Well, I've been doing the podcast for two, so I'm gonna say three in in my mm. experience, but I'm sure longer. Uh, but it's just so cool. I love. Get in the robot, dude. Get in the <laughs> yeah, robot. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. So with that, is that part of the reason why you were inspired to make Spectres of Brocken? Yeah. So so one of the the big things that happened in the the switch over to to itch, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so 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 I think it was like 2018, 2019, that was like a, a, a there was a big sea change in like how people discuss and and disseminate role-playing games online. Mm-hmm. Google Plus shut down and people were mm-hmm. looking for a place to go and Itch was suggested as a potential loca- location to get to. And there was some some take-up. I know a lot of people who are were... So from, from my perspective, right, I, I'm not talking about this from an overall industry. It's just like my personal view of it. Like I knew a, a few people who were video game designers or like involved in like video games and also involved in like, like, like playing and making tabletop role-playing games and I saw that they took to itch very quickly right because they mm-hmm. they already were familiar with the platform but it, there wasn't a huge uptick in 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 that until so from my perspective the big sea change was when the emotional mecha jam happened mm-hmm. um, in 2019 so that was like kind of like capitalizing on like one of the the key features of itch right which is the ability to run game jams mm-hmm. um, and so that was one of the the first big co- I, I I don't know <laughs> how many people actually took part. I don't have it on me right now. But like I, I in my mind that was one of the big things that like like got more people looking at at itch and like taking part, you know, making accounts and putting stuff up on itch because you could take part in this game jam and then putting your games up there and then potentially also continuing to develop the game because Aspectus of Broken started as a as a submission for that emotional mecha jam back in twenty nineteen. Fun quick aside, there were hundred and seventy seven yeah. entries for the emotional Emotional Mecha Jam, and it was hosted by Takuma Okada and John Harness. Yeah. Hashtag sad, sad Mech Jam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was like I in in my experience, right? Like that was a big change from from for 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 like the adoption of itch as a platform for tabletop RPGs, and also was the 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 starter of for for this game. This game started very differently. Um, mm-hmm. to, from to to what it is now. So Spectre's Brocken was was actually more about like the idea that like a mech is a a representation like of 
uh, or, or like an amplification of of the pilot, right? Mm-hmm. Like often, mm-hmm. and, and basically, this is just like anime design, right? Like you, yeah. you, you, you design the the stand or the powers to reflect your character, your main character, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's it's a little bit more super robot than 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 real robot, maybe. Yeah. But all, like the design of the mech, like means something, right? Like like the idea that like, hey, this hot headed brash pilot would would pilot like the the mech that is super fast only has armor on the front has like mm. 30 rocket boosters at the back and and you know like like has a m- massive like like beam lance right yeah you know direct to the point so so that that's kind of where specters of broken started and and the name specters of broken i don't, I don't know if did we did we talk about this? No, <laughs> not know, at do all. Do you know where it comes from? Mm-mm. So there's a phenomenon called the Brock Inspector, which is when you are when your shadow gets cast on a cloud. If you're in a high uh-huh. place and your shadow gets cast on a cloud, it looks like a giant in the sky, wow. which I first encountered from One Piece in the Skypiea arc. Wow. Right. So, <laughs> so so I I liked that image like of like oh like you know, your, your shadow becomes like bigger than you, a giant, right? And that's, mm-hmm. that's the mech. The mech is the shadow. Nice. And so, 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 so that's where, like, because one of the other names for the for Brocken Spectre, because the Brocken is a mountain in Germany, I believe. Mm. And so, so when they, and apparently that phenomenon happens often there or was observed oh. there and, and named there. So that's why they're called Brocken Spectres or Spectres of the Brocken. So that's why the, <laughs> the name was that that's powerful energy <laughs> that's so many things in one title which goes to show great naming conventions make for powerful writings and <laughs> so what do you do in specters of brock and aaron so the current version of specters like so so there's a there, it ended up being a big twist in in the the game development because the current pitch of, of Specters of Brocken is you play this game where you make friends and then years later you have to fight them in a war mm-hmm. in giant mechs. So that wasn't in the original pitch of Specters of Brocken. Um, mm-hmm. That came about later on during development where 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 I wanted I I liked having this this you know you want to get to know the character before you build up their their mech right to reflect the character right mm-hmm. so so there sh- there needs to be i realized there needed to be a bit more time spent just developing the character right before we figure out oh what does their what does their mech look like and why why does it does it suit their character so well mm-hmm. and so that gave me the idea of doing a time skip which is something that i love a lot <laughs> as a love plot it. device love a good right? time skip yeah love yeah it. um <laughs> <laughs> and like thinking of like like mecha fiction that I love, there's there's there's, there's two tropes that I really like, right? Uh, mm-hmm. One is we used to be friends. Do you know Breakblade or Broken Blade? Breakblade, yeah, I've seen. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. remember so, this. St- it's been a long time, but I I know it generally. Yeah, so I fell off Breakblade after a while, but like I remember the initial thing was like these 
four people used to be friends mm-hmm. um, at mm-hmm. a, at at like some academy, and then one of them became two two of them like became the the king and queen of the, the, the an empire. One mm-hmm. one dude became a farmer and then became a mech pilot, and then the other guy went off back to his home country, and and that his country ended up in a war with with the others. Watch it, right? Yeah. So so they used to be friends, and then now like both of the, the, there's two of them who are now like ace mech pilots or and have to fight each other right fight <laughs> yeah and in fact it's yes. not just that they have to fight but like i think zest like horror is the king of the other country right and like zest has to like it's not just about fighting the the, the, the army is like I, I my my country is at war with yours right mm. i'm gonna have to like take one of your i, I can't remember I, I believe that they then had to take one of or, or requested the other character to be the hostage yeah, uh, yeah, you know, something that like sounds that. Sounds vaguely weird to me. Yeah, so so that I really loved uh, from from Brickblade, and the other <laughs> the other trope that I love is just that when when mech pilots meet outside of their mechs and they don't realize that they fought, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Like when Amuro and Shah meet at yeah. at, at a bar, or in in Eureka Seven when Renton meets, oh, yeah. basically. <laughs> basically the rumbarel of of eureka 7 and it's like oh man these two these two people are so cool and then in the next episode they're here to destroy you yeah <laughs> right yeah. so so my love for those tropes made me kind of like like want to I, I ended up building that inspectors in that like you get to know your characters before they have to fight each other as they're young teenagers trainee pilots in in an academy of some sort getting to know each other making friends or enemies and that whole period like the academy phase it's like an extended character creation mm. because like i the other thing that i i wanted to do was that that you start off with a pretty blank character and you fill out their traits as you play that first phase Mm-hmm. because what I realized when I've been playing a lot of like story games or like or, or even just like one shots of like other RPGs right mm-hmm. is that you create a character and you have these ideas of like what this character does or or would do and then you play the character and then you realize oh no this is not the person at all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right like you realize that the, the stuff that you wrote down just doesn't make sense for like how you ended up playing this character you find the character through play right sometimes through like a very ridiculous thing like maybe you 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 know it's like it's it's like the the joke about like you know hey 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 this 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 guy said gravy in the group chat right and then now you're just gravy boy right like you you, you get it it's like sometimes when you play a, a character in 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 a game they do one thing and then that's now your character and you never <laughs> anticipated that right yeah yeah, so because of that, I wanted the the academy phase to to kind of reflect that, so that you you start with the bare bones. You just have one trait for your character and one relationship, right? And then mm-hmm. you fill out the rest of your traits as you play. And you, the original version of the game used tokens, and this was actually before I ever played like Dream Apart or Dream was it Dream? No, the Dream Askew. Dream Askew was yeah. the, the 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 first of the two. So I before I played Dream Askew, I played another game called On Mighty Wheels by Melody Watson. Um, mm-hmm. And that u- used a, a pseudo like token. Like it used the token, right? Like to move the spotlight around. Like the, the concept of the game is really cool in that like you are actually kind of like like a, a pub, a street, not a street, like a public theater troupe. 
mm-hmm. uh, or a folk theater troupe, like recreating or retelling like parts of the Russian Revolution. One of the oh. revolutions, I can't remember. Like the a specific Greek chorus one. October thing? Re- Revolution. Yeah, yeah. So, so you are actually replaying parts of the. You are you are playing as though as though there are actors putting on a play retelling parts of like what happened during the revolution, right? Mm-hmm. And so you use the token to kind of like move the spotlight around to like, oh, this person is like currently addressing the audience, right? Or this person is like the the spotlight character during this part of the the the, the play, so to speak, right? Mm. And that was super helpful, right? In the original version of Spectres, like like I used the token more to like like it was definitely more like combat focused rather than 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 like character focused. Um, mm-hmm. It's like hey you know, create your characters and then based on like what cool mechs you come up with, like try and win a war, right? Mm-hmm. And so I tried to use the the, the the token was more like an advantage token to like like see who had the, had the, had the kind of like advantage in a scene. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, I played Dream Skew and then realized that, oh, like, you know, there's other ways to use tokens as well, right? So I, I had tokens in there and a sort of like strong move, weak move kind of system where like you, 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 you gain tokens when, when you do something that, that reveals like a weakness or shows how your trait can, can lead to like bad situations. And then you spend the token to show how your trait can be seen in a positive light, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's how you kind of like play your character out. I didn't realize I wanted something that would be able to tie the two phases together because after that you will have a a time skip to the conflict phase where you now get scattered to the winds and might end up on opposite sides of a war and you might have to you're now ace pilots and you have to fight each other. But I wanted something to be able to remind you of what happened in the in the academy phase and and one of the the reasons for that as well is i i realized like early on in designing the game i hoped that you know it could be played in a single session but i realized like it made it was a lot more comfortable when the game was played in two sessions right so you mm-hmm. do one session that's the the academy phase and then the next mm-hmm. session is the conflict phase that gives you more time to like explore different things in the academy phase build out the world build out the, the character relationships gives you a bit more time to do that and then you you have a you have a clear clear break point where you have to do, to advance time anyways mm-hmm. so it became very common to like oh let's just play test the first the the academy phase and then we'll come back another time and we'll play test the conflict phase Nice. And because of that, I wanted a a way to kind of like keep the like remind you of things that happened in in the academy phase. And one of the ways I found to do that was to instead of just using tokens, was to use words, capital W words, which which came which kind of came from from the the aspects in in fate, right? Mm-hmm. In fate, like you you create aspects that there's parts of part of your characters as well. And I. I, I thought of like like having tags as like like things that you could you could gain and spend right mm-hmm. um, in, in a way I wanted tokens with memory right tokens that could remember when they had been 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 gained and when they had been spent and like that was something that that came up not often but like sometimes it's like very cool like there was one one game where like pancakes came up. As, as part of the academy phase and like it's weird mm. to have pancakes in just in the word bank like be, to be able to be to be used and spent and then when you have pancakes in the conflict phase right why 
you you remember that like oh we used to be friends and like made pancakes together you know mm-hmm. um Sweet and when you little sp- scene across the table just putting maple syrup in the other one's mouth yeah yeah and and maybe maybe you spend the word pancake in the conflict phase to like hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Like, flatten someone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, 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 you deploy a gravitational cannon and, like, just, like, like flatten them to the ground and pancake them. Right? Like, you, you can take one word and see them in different contexts across the academy mm-hmm. and, and conflict phase. So, that was a cool thing that, uh, that, 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 I that like served a few different purposes and and, and so that's the game. I, that's a long winded. <laughs> that's a <laughs> pretty long winded like <laughs> explanation of what it is. But like that's how it got to where where it got to like right now, which is it's a sort of belonging outside belonging game about like teenagers getting to know each other, developing as as people, and forming relationships, and then you fast forward and like put those to the test and like potentially mm-hmm. have to kill each other yeah yeah it's, i mean that you know it's it's interesting <laughs> because you said the first version of this was a little bit more there's a couple things i want to touch on here but the first one that comes mm. to mind is um you said this originally is like a combat sort of driven game win a war right but that's not necessarily what the war story like the war genre is about especially when you like akin them to space operas and stuff like that as well like it's it's the drama it's character driven it's about developing developing and losing relationships like the the most the one that comes to mind the most is the gundam wing series when it gets to endless waltz i'm pretty sure that is his name Wu Fei. Yep, I yep. think Wu Fei plays for the other side at some point, and yeah. then Lis Wu Fei, the stupidest boy to ever pilot. Yeah, the stupidest boy. Fucking, I don't give a shit. You're just a <laughs> woman. All right, we need to, the '90s were not a great time for uh, for misogyny. You know, Christ. But yeah, that's a that's one of the few examples I can think of. I think Troa Barton also like switches sides mid series. Mm-hmm. Like I think the Gundam Wing pilots fight each other for like two to four episodes, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Because yep. uh, they're like, I want to help, and they're like, I don't want you to help because you ruined the mission. <laughs> Fucking Hero Yui, dude, one track mind. But and then you know G Gundam, which is very super robot, but. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a version of of Spectres of Brock where you could play to like win people back to your side or the play on the same side or whatever have mm-hmm. you, right? They st- it starts out as a competition. They just form like a team battle gang. But 
The the big mechanical thing that I wanted to point out that I really loved is the Academy phase specifically, mm-hmm. because I do think there's a missed opportunity in more like more epic fantasy trad games. And I'm talking about like to the mainstay players again mm-hmm. of like you said, in a vacuum or even at the table, you sort of like collaborate together. You talk about like, oh, we do X and Y. There's actually a really interesting round table for Critical Role. They had finished up the, it's the Exandria Unlimited Calamity series that Brennan Lee Mulligan ran. And mm-hmm. when he was talking about how he developed characters for that show, for that miniseries, they spent like days on character creation. And Brennan says he comes to the table with like 30% of the world drafted out and no narrative. He doesn't decide what the narrative is until he hits the table with the players. And he generally just asks them like, what do you want to do? Cause if you tell me what you want to do, it saves me time on prep and it makes sure that everyone's bought in. And I have no problem like finding the Venn diagram of this thing as we're all talking about it. Hmm. I think, what's missed in sort of like those trad sessions without the experience of like other games or thinking about like how to tease out a background or to like foster relationships between players. Cause you're right. The one thing you point out that made me think about this is a lot of the time someone will create a character in a vacuum, hit the table. And then when push comes to shove, they often will not make the decision they thought their character would make. Like, I think there's this thing where they think the avatar will take on a life of its own and they will embody that avatar. But Mm -hmm. really, you know, those characters are a reflection or a shadow or whatever metaphor you want to use of ourselves. And it, our own sensitivities are going to be placed on that character, whether we like it or not. That's the, Mm -hmm. that's the role play of it. You'll fall out of character. You'll fall into character. You'll be like, Ooh, that makes me uncomfortable. And you're like, yeah, let's dive into that. But you won't know that until the situation comes. It's very trial by fire. So I love Mm -hmm. just the, just alone, like the value inspectors of Brock and is, is in its Academy phase for me, because it showcases Mm -hmm. that there, I think there needs to be some like, little less than I'm sorry, a little more than just like questionnaire survey things. Like I know there are some games that sort of do this, but they Mm -hmm. do it just like as like fill in the blank questions of like, you know what, you know, dungeon world is a good example of this. You know, which one of these characters do you not like their magical teachings or something like Mm -hmm. that? But what happens, I think that becomes a little bit stronger when you like play that out, when you look at that problem, be like, okay, let's figure out like why that is the way that it is. I think the why mm-hmm. is missing a lot of the time. A lot of people mm-hmm. will like put the what without the why. And I think the Academy phase is very cool for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually credit this a lot to Dream Askew as well, mm-hmm. because one of the things that that they, that I, I remember the advice from the book was like, oh, don't feel like you need to fill out everything in the sheet before you start playing, right? Mm-hmm. Jump into play. Like you are already playing when you're imagining like different versions of the character as you're like trying to like, like pin them down onto paper, right? Mm-hmm. So like that, that was like very helpful in like, in, in like thinking about like, oh yeah, actually, right? Like that, that reminded me a lot of like the, the situations you talk about where like, you know, I, 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 on the fly change my character. So why why bother writing it down in the first place? Here are the, all the options right. on the 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 Dream Askew playbook. I can circle them whenever I like. I don't have to circle them now. 
you know mm-hmm. i can circle mm-hmm. them when we play leave it in limbo you know yeah that's the other thing too is like the the small teaching of like you have to have the character ready to run when you get mm. to the table but that couldn't be further from the case right like as long as they got arms and legs and they know how to like do the thing the game asks them to do, all the trait stuff can be just written in as you go. They're like free form clay that just needs to be molded by flicked or mm-hmm. emotional events. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is dynamics, right? Like the most exciting yeah. thing about playing role playing games is playing with other people <laughs> and, and seeing how you bounce off each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, and, and, and uh, you, Sometimes when you even when you do group character creation, right? Say, like, oh, this this could be how our, our dynamic plays out, right? Mm. And then you realize a thing that you didn't think of happens, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, our characters actually responded to that differently, and like the the way we thought our characters would end up having this relationship changed because of how we responded to this event, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, and, and so it's leaving space for for those dynamics to kind of like like happen. And yeah, build up the character from 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 that. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And yeah, it's even the thing of like there's also the danger in like hard coding your characters to be a certain way or do certain things. And then when mm-hmm. push comes to shove, you feel like you're making a suboptimal choice in some ways. I know suboptimal kind of plays a little bit more into mechanics, but I, you know, I'm the person who thinks suboptimal is also a narrative word. But you know, you have this juxtaposition of like Oh, I said that my character wasn't afraid of spiders. So does that mean I fight the giant spider or I run away? Because the giant spider's CR is much higher than mine. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, there's like a lot of things that you're thinking about depending on what the game asks you to think about when it comes to conflict. And if you have something set in stone, you can feel this sort of like friction against the game where it's like, well, I don't want to act this way. I also don't want to act like the character way or, or there's a phrasing of that that I meant to say that doesn't quite make sense. Your character wants, Yeah. There is a friction between how your character wants to do something and how you want to do something. And you have to find out like where that give and take is. Mm. Yeah. 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 And then the, the last thing that I really liked about Spectres of Brocken from what, we've mentioned so far is the words as tokens is very cool because it's, it allows you the space to be constantly inspired at any given second, right? If you have just like a little disc in front of you, that's a token. And then you have like a list of moves in front of you. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, there's potential for decision paralysis or constant conversation around how the move happens. But if you're sort of limited by not, I guess not necessarily limited, but inspired by, the words that are available to you on your character sheet that are the quote unquote currency or resource that you spend. It's almost like they are powering the move, right? Pancake earlier Mm -hmm. powers the next move you're going to make. And you can sort of like use your creativity to express the different forms pancake can take when it comes to the English language specifically. I'm sure it has different connotations in different languages. And I don't just mean the word pancake. I just mean like the context around certain words, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's very cool. And you can engage with that in any intensity that you want as well. Like you can either be inspired by the word or you could just spend it as a token. I can see a version of this where I'm like, you know what? I don't really want to think about how pancake 
does this. I just want to like seize, seize the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Like I just want to use the word and I don't have a, a more, a, a more grandiose use for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been very like funny, like the, 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 exactly what you're, you're saying in, in, in the sense that like that, that it comes with a restriction, right? And that like, sometimes people feel like, Oh, I have to figure out how, a way how to use the word. And like, ah, I don't really care, but like, I want the possibility to be there. Yeah. Right. Like, so if you use it for inspiration and when it happens, it's like magic, you know, like, yeah. like, like, yeah, like it's the feeling you get when like you, you, you figure out a way to like make it, make it relevant. Like mm-hmm. feels, feels like, like serendipity feels like fate feels like magic. Yeah. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. So it, that, that's been a really tricky part of like trying to like explain it to people or like write it into the rules. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just like, Here's a rule, but like, feel free to ignore it when it yeah, doesn't make you don't sense. Have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to. Do it. Yeah, I totally understand that in a lot of ways. Yeah, and playtesting for this has been successful so far. Like, you know, I've been a part of a playtest that was a lot of fun. I created Edgelord Warping Gundam, <laughs> which was very indulgent. Tried to murder another friend because, you know, I was Hero Yui in that moment. This <laughs> is all about the mission. But yeah, how is, you know, you're coming to a potential Kickstarter with this soon. Mm-hmm. You're continuing to play test it. You run your own sort of like, what's the word? Play test, right? Re- like regular play tests in, in, in a space, which yeah. people, if you live in a time zone or have a schedule that affords you to be awake during those times, go do the session zero. It's sick. It's fucking sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I'll play, Playtest Zero is the we we run in the session zero Discord. We kind of like hermit crabbed our way in there. In in that like you know like I met so so the the one of the other guys who like started this session this this playtesting meetup is Thomas Manuel who who runs the India newsletter as well. It's a great shout newsletter. out Thomas. You should subscribe. Yeah. So we met during session zero, right? The, which was the uh, convention that happened in like early the the online version of yeah. the convention that happened in early twenty twenty one. Yeah, 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 on Gather. That was fun. Gather, the next Discord, just saying. Yeah. And we hit it off, we, we played some games, and like, then we realized like, oh man, it would be, f- it would be cool to be able to like, you know, play, play test more regularly, right? And Thomas was kind of like the, the impetus behind that. And we ended up deciding to just, just go with it because I used to run a board game playtest meetup back in Melbourne as well. Mm-hmm. And I ran that for five years. Whoa. Maybe. Sick. And that was also like a weird one where like the people who started it couldn't be regulars anymore. So I I, I ended up being the guy who was regular and like just took over <laughs> after that. So so I had I've experience in like 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 you know just just making sure these these things happen right like have mm-hmm. a regular schedule make sure at least like two or three people t- turn up and even if there isn't anything to playtest do something together so that there is a that, that there, there's a an appointment right mm-hmm. like so so if people people take it for granted it will happen right every other week every other tuesday playtest zero happens i don't think we've missed a a fortnight that we Damn. didn't plan for right i think i think we took a break over the like december um mm-hmm. since a lot of people were do, you know on holidays or like just just needed a break because like they're spending time with family or whatever um mm-hmm. that's that's normal like you, the, the other thing about running like good consistent events is to build in break times and build in very clear break times that you are for sure coming back from so because like i 
I've I've had experience running those playtests like that playtesting meetup, and also when 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 incubator, which was the thing that I ran when I when I moved back to Malaysia, and then the whole pandemic happened. I I, I was still like playtesting with 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 them because they transitioned online, and also learning from like so I I handed it over to someone else, right, like to run since mm-hmm. I I left the country. So my friend was running that, and like he had a very good way of like like running online sessions. So I learned from his his example as well mm-hmm. to try and like make sure playtest zero like runs smoothly so 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 it's been really good to ha- just have a regular outlet to playtest things just just like i i believe strongly in 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 playtesting not not in the sense that like ah you if you don't playtest a game it's not a real game it's more like no playtesting like some someone had, had mentioned that playtesting is playing right it is an enjoyable mm-hmm. a thing to do right and like I also enjoy it when games are quote unquote bad. And I really, really love like playtesting or, or, or I think the, the other term that we've thrown about is playstorming, right? Like early stage playtests of games where you just mm. have the, the the seed of an idea and you're trying to figure something out. Back when we did Incubator, one of the, the cool things was just like people would just bring like blank like paper and like start writing on them like 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 when the 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 when we used to be able to meet in in person they just, you could see someone like just there's just feverishly like writing on cards like before the playtest <laughs> yeah. start yeah yeah and like oh yeah this is like i i had an idea i haven't i don't have a proper prototype but i just want to test this out right like does this mechanic even work and like if it works great i'm, I'm i'll go and develop it if it doesn't that's cool. Then I'll, I'll discuss it with other people who who are also into like games and like playtesting games, and we, and we can like like see whether it's worth pursuing further, or I, I'll just work on something else, right? Mm-hmm. So I really like that 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 kind of early stage playtesting, and so I want I want I we want to make sure that playtest zero was also amenable to that, so it wasn't just people bringing finished games to playtest. So we put a time limit and like and a try try to cultivate a, a expectation that like hey you don't have to bring finished games here, right? You can just bring mm-hmm. the seed of an idea. And and one of the things that, that that helps with that is to make sure that people who are regulars model that behavior for people who aren't, right? Yeah. Um, so so make sure that like, hey, I, I don't just bring like ready stuff. I bring like the crap as well, right? <laughs> like once in a while, I will bring nothing, right? When I say nothing, it means like, 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 like you know literally nothing yeah yeah well i haven't brought nothing before but like i, I brought stuff that's <laughs> like really really not ready right and it's like oh yeah. okay we'll play two rounds and like okay it's fine but like you know we, we can stop it there <laughs> yeah i've yeah, seen yeah. enough yeah so so that that's been really good and 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 i guess this is one of the reasons why like like being able to chunk out like a, a part of a game to playtest at, at playtest zero was was also helpful for for mm-hmm. like development of specters in that like i don't have to run a full like three four hour playtest especially when you know you can like chunk out and like say okay like let's just like nail like the the academy phase right and next week we could do the conflict phase right mm-hmm. um th- there's another game that i've been playtesting and we've just been reusing characters from every playtest so it's just the same characters every time so it's been fun mm-hmm. to see like them them change you can do stuff like that in in like when you have a regular playtesting group so mm-hmm. uh, yeah so i i'm a big advocate for playtesting not because not because the games are the purpose but playtesting is the purpose of playtesting it's a very i <laughs> i don't know if i explained that correctly i think playtesting is fun Mm-hmm. Right, I, I know. I know mm-hmm. some people 
like 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 think of playtesting as like a a a burden or like a, mm-hmm. a thing that's not fun. No, no, no. Fixing your game after a playtest that's the boring. That's the <laughs> not boring. That's the that's the difficult part. Playtesting <laughs> itself, fucking fun, right? Yeah. It's the best yeah. thing in the world to like bring bring a game and like play play it. And play it with Man. other people who are interested in like designing games as well, and have 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 good insights and and strong opinions about games, and and you you are able to like learn from each other. And like sometimes the best playtest sessions is when I playtest someone else's game and gain insight from it. Right, mm-hmm. I learn so much from playtesting other people's games, seeing what kinds of things they 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 test, what kind how how they think of like uh, like problems and like potential solutions to them how they discuss their goals or games it is like like getting getting a a crap not a crash course but like it's getting a, a consistent like you you build each other up you know like everyone kind of like grows together if you can have a, a consistent playtest group to be able to like just play each other's games give it feedback like i i really enjoy it like you know like even from 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 board game days like even though I never got like a published game out of it, I still love playtesting all five years of, of Incubator. Yeah. Like I'm excited every every time we, we get to playtest something, right? Damn. I gotta gotta stay up. Gotta stay up for one, <laughs> maybe two. Oh you know, you you should start something, Jeremy. <laughs> I listen. <laughs> I'm working on it. It's coming. It's a lot of work. Sure. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I won't it's, pretend it's not. Yeah, yeah it is a lot to of get work. everyone to come and consistently come and Mm-mm. figure out how to make that all happen is is a trial by fire for sure. Ameri- mm-hmm. American adults are so busy. Not to say that any other country's adults are busy, but most of my circle is American adults, and I just cannot get them to the same place at the same time. <laughs> I just cannot. The, the trick is uh, you need two. You need two other people. I, I think the best is three, yeah. right? Yeah. As long as you have three people who are able to like like make a thing happen regularly, that is that's mm-hmm. all you need. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need some. I need some astral umbral playtest for sure. Got to make it mm-hmm. happen. Had some. I had some recently. Was, I agree with you. Playtesting is wicked fun, and it it teaches you so much more like in action than you could ever do in a vacuum by yourself. I think it's really valuable (laughs) in a lot of ways. I'm not, I used to be on the crowd that subscribed to, you have to play test a game to get a game out there, Mm -hmm. but also like getting your vacuum writing into public hands is another, I mean, that's a step of play testing that often comes later. Like you have your private pre alpha group and then you send out your alpha and then, people you don't see are giving you feedback and that's also play testing. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to do like play test before release. People do release, then have other people give feedback all the time. But I do think there is something about being there for some of the first play test sets that really can polish things in a way. Cause you, you know, when I did my play test, I think like two weeks ago, I wrote like I didn't have to be a player in the game, which was huge. It's also the way I designed the game, but being able to like sit there, listen and watch people like have friction with stuff or find enjoyment in other things. I was able to take personal notes for myself, like give myself feedback, which Mm -hmm. I could not have done if I didn't see it being played, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. Yeah. If anyone runs a discord server, (laughs) 
Try to start a playtest thing. I, you know, if you're in game, I think it's valuable. I think it's, I think it's valuable not only as like a way to test your designs, but also community building. I think yeah. that's also like a really big part of it is to get people regularly connected about fucking around with games. Yeah. Yeah. And, and teaching and like, that doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. One, one way you can do that is, is that like the, 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 the format that we have for, for playtest zero is a very specific format. So not all games are, are, are able to be playtested in that format because we, we try and limit each uh, playtest session to about an hour. We, okay. We break that sometimes because like, Hey, if, Tonight, only one person has a game that they want to play test. Sure, we'll play for two hours, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like it's it's a it's a soft rule, but like we try to have that as a guideline, right? Because that just makes sure that like people know that like, hey, it doesn't have to be a whole thing, right? You can just play test a bit, and and that's very good for getting regularity. But it's not great for when you need to explore particular things with a game, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, like like the format we have serves our purpose but like it doesn't serve all playtest purposes so, so yeah, yeah, yeah you know like if if all you can do is just just have like multiple long playtests or like you know like a campaign playtest right which which i will have to do at some point for some of my other games yeah that's 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 you you'll you, you need different playtest formats but you know playtesting is still fun yeah playtest is is play as mm-hmm. Aaron said. So we're coming up to the top of the show here. And, you know, I wanted to, you know, people always remember the beginning and the end of anything. So Aaron, would you just give yourself a quick sign off and also sort of mention the target dates for the potential Kickstarter for Spectres of Brocken and that you're also doing some streams. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, hit um, us with that. Yeah, so you can find me online at Aaron Lime, E-H-R-O-N-L-I-M-E on Twitter. And that's also on my itch page. So it's AaronLime.itch.io. So that's the, that's one of the, the easiest way you can, you can keep up on, on my stuff. I also have a newsletter, which is at perfect-hole.ghost.io, G-H-O-S-T, ghost.io. That is probably the best way to like get like specific like news updates on that. Mm-hmm. I, I, have been sharing like some some work, work in progress for like other like projects that I'm working on as well. And Spectres of Brocken itself, it will come to Kickstarter in September. Tentatively, it I have it penciled in for the 13th of September. But if if there's any changes, if you know like <laughs> if if there's any issues, any changes, I will announce that through the newsletter or on social media. So if you follow on those or or follow the campaign, go to to Kickstarter.com. You can find the the link that there's a button to like follow the campaign when it launches. Uh, so check those out. Yeah, that's 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 me. And also, if people want to go join the Playtest Zero, head to the Session Zero Discord server. Although I don't know if they have like a like a thing you have to fill out first no so so, <laughs> so we we don't we don't have the link public because like i said we hermit crabbed our way into the session zero server like that server was made for the session zero online event back in 2021 mm-hmm. and we've just kept using it and the mods have been nice enough to like oh just just you know be nice and and you can keep using the space it's it's helpful um, so so we're, we're trying not to like make it a big thing so oh, if you want if okay you, no no, no, no like, like but but if you want to to join, like just send me a DM. I'll I'll, I'll DM you a, 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 an invite. We just don't want like 
annual random to 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 walk in sure. with a with a public invite just just to keep things like easy so just make sure Closure. yeah you know hey if, if you're actually interested in like coming to the playtest then then hit, hit us up we'll we, we, we can hook you up with a with an invite but we're not gonna like leave it public and have to deal with like bots and and spam yep. and stuff like that because there isn't a proper like yeah there's the mods are still there but like you know, it's not. <laughs> we we just do it every other week, right? So got it. I got it. Track. Be respectful of that. That I'm not giving them extra work. So we try to keep the the, the invite link not public. Great, great. Yeah, you heard it here. Message Aaron <laughs> or start a thing in your own server. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like we we have two. We, we just started a new time slot that's friendly to us west coast just because there were people in the server already who were interested in that so we started that so we have a, a, a southeast asia friendly time zone which is on tuesdays and the west coast us west coast friendly time zone a time slot on thursdays so that's been happening unfortunately it's it's west coast not east coast jeremy so yeah <laughs> it's, i, I it's get it for you it's fine i know where i stand i'll figure it out <laughs> Jesus, um, 11 for me. <laughs> look, if if there are more people who are, are interested in and yeah. are in that time zone... I'll run it. You know, if we have enough people, yeah, and, and we can regularly get like three people in to, in to, to, do, to do that, I'm happy to, to start another time slot, right? But right. it's just going to make sure that we have the people to keep that happening regularly. Yeah, I'll run it. Mm. I'll do it. Well... Aaron, I know that it is late there and, you know, look out for Spectres of Brocken. This should be coming up just before the streams go live or around that time as a little bit of a pre-teaser for all the events to come for that in the next month. So thank you, Aaron, for being here. And thank you, listeners, for hanging out with us. I know I learned a lot from Aaron. I hope you did, too. And we will catch you next time. Say bye to everyone, Aaron. Bye. 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 (laughs) Hey there, listeners. Thank you very much for taking the time to sit down and hang out with Aaron and I again. We really appreciate it. You can find links and resources down below in the show notes for getting in touch with Aaron and other content with similar topics. Support Jeremy and the DYD podcast by reviewing the show or joining the community discord server. Thanks again for listening, and remember that design is a marathon, so enjoy the journey and have a great day.